So in one case, the product team is just owning the customer journey. They are building features. Um, and the CRO team is just doing the work of a CRO specialist and adding the B variant and trying to run tests, right? But in the end, you're interfering with what the product team is actually responsible for. Hello, everyone. Get ready for another exciting conversation on the VWO podcast. Our guest for this episode is CRO expert Kevin Anderson. Join us as we take a closer look at how to build an experimentation capability that helps you test more ideas rapidly. In this episode, Kevin talks about the why you need to go beyond CRO and embed experimentation in the very culture of the company. But wait, this episode isn't like your regular podcast. It's a unique webinar turned video podcast and it is delivered to you in the form of an exclusive masterclass. So don't forget to hit that follow button and join us as we speak to leading industry experts about some amazing stuff that can help you drive growth and achieve long-term success. Without any further delay, let's jump right into this conversation with Kevin and learn what continuous experimentation means for your organization. Now, I want to start with probably your own situation. So if we talk about continuous experimentation, we need to expand from, well, where we are today. And most companies are today what we call CRO, which means conversion rate optimization. And I think it's interesting research also by uh, Online Dialogue, where if you look at vendors, uh, tool companies, but also agencies, they try to pitch you on buy our tool, or um, buy our services, and we can improve conversion rates. And I think that's fine, but it's we need to go beyond that. And there are a couple of challenges here. So first of all, it's too often seen as a tactic, right? So optimizing conversion rates, we try to optimize landing pages, but we get budget, and that budget is also shared with the, the AdWords team or the SEO team. So it's in the realm of more like a tactic and we're competing with others. And of course, if you want to do experimentation on a larger scale, we are just optimizing the whole process, not only just one tactic. I think the other problem is that we are so focused on winning tests. that We don't talk about failures. Sometimes we talk about learnings, but most of the times we need to prove our ROI. How many people are working on this? How much does the tool cost? Did we deliver? Uh, an, an end result on our investment, the ROI. And of course, there's a lot, lots of things to learn, especially when most A-B tests just fail, so to say. And then I think, well, the name is wrong, right? We're not in the game of optimizing uh, conversion rates. That's just too narrow. Um, but maybe more important for you as a CRO specialist or someone working in this industry, I think it limits our impact. We can just do lot a lot more this is what craig sullivan calls the burning rubber in the a b testing car park right it, it, it's lots of fun uh, we're doing exciting things there's a lot of smoke there's a lot of activity a lot of tension but in the end we're still stuck at the car park right we're not getting there uh, anywhere we're not driving the car to a nice destination uh, we're not moving the needle really we're just stuck there but it feels like fun and i think we can do more now, we started ex uh, CRO. Let's expand. First direction is we need to embed experimentation. And with embedding, it means that we are enabling others to run experiments, not only the CRO specialist, but other people in the organization. Now, let me explain the difference between CRO and embedded experimentation. So in one case, the product team is just owning the customer journey. 
they are building features. Um, and the CRO team is just doing the work of a CRO specialist and adding the B variant and trying to run tests, right? But in the end, you're interfering with what the product team is actually responsible for. So the role of the product team here is to build features and maintain features. And the optimization happens outside of that product team. If we want to switch to the embedded experimentation model, the product team is also building the variant is also building the hypothesis, uh, running the A-B test while still building features and while still maintaining those. And then the CRO team is really enabling others. So they become more the center of excellence instead of the person or the team just doing all the work. Now, the funny thing is that all leaders in the industry, they have adopted this model, right? So Booking, Amazon, well, all the big brands you see up here, they all have this centralized a center of excellence, enabling others, but they don't do the experiments themselves, right? They don't come up with the hypothesis. They don't build the variant. Those teams enable others to do the, the fancy work. And the center of excellence is responsible for taking away all the barriers. So they train people, they um, enable the tooling, they integrate everything. So that's the role of the center of excellence. Now, another way of looking at that, if just in case uh, a company is, is trying to optimize the customer experience, I think this is true across the board, right? So on one side, you have your customer. On the other side, you have a lot of teams organized in maybe departments or tribes, and they all are optimizing for this one customer experience. So in this case, this is an example of ING, they are integrating stuff into the mobile banking app or on a mobile website. And more business people can use the content management system, the CMS, to create content, create new pages, create landing pages, et cetera. And more developers can create features by just coding them. And this comes together in an integrated pipeline, which in the end is controlled, is being monitored, is, well, all the things in checks and balances are in place. Um, and we push this live to a customer. And then we start iterating and based on data, of course, improve this. Now, most CRO is currently just hacking the website, right? It's just opening a small door while forgetting about the whole organization that's trying to optimize this, but really um, implementing a third-party tool. As oftentimes, this is just client-side. Um, the big benefit is that you can hire external developers, but in the end, you're just lay layering on top of the website or your, your app a different experience that all other people in the company are not aware of. So this causes a lot of risk issues, especially at a big financial institution, but I guess this is also true for many other companies. Now, the trick here is, of course, not to create this uh, backside door, this hacking the website, but it's, it's about integrating experimentation into that workflow, into that pipeline where on one side you have the organization and on the other side you have the customer. And this can be done with third-party tooling, but you can build it yourself, right? And it could, probably it's a mix of both. So what you often see is that there's an analytics component, there's a personalization component, and there's an experimentation component. This could be one tool, or it could be different services. Now, focusing on experimentation, I think you need two things. You need to be able to run pilots and rollouts, so some kind of feature toggling, 
And on the other hand, you need some kind of way to control a B, to do control A/B testing, control randomized uh, randomized trials. Um, and within that box of experimentation, there are a lot of other components that are necessary. So first of all, you need to be able to assign a variant to a specific uh, person. You need to be able to manage those experiments. You need to uh, capture the data, or you need some kind of scorecard or dashboard. Uh, in Ideal situation, you also have a library of all the experiments that you've been running. Those are tagged, There's a, those are searchable. In the scorecard, you need a statistical component that people can trust, right? People need to be able to trust the results that they are getting. Oftentimes, there's an API connecting those elements together. If you look at features, you need to be able to uh, toggle on and off something with an easy interface. Sometimes there's even personalization or targeting implemented here. There need to be a sticky ID so that if customers come back, uh, that will be assigned to the same variant. Uh, some kind of logic needs to be in place there. And of course, it needs to be as uh, secure as possible. And I think that this part, this tooling aspect, should be managed by one team uh, with the sole uh, responsibility to make it as easy as possible, to integrate this stuff and to enable others to run experiments. So this is, I think, the, the way to go for many uh, many organizations. Now, question for you, and I'll, I'll be listing in the end seven questions that you can take take away from this. I think first question is how easy is it to make a change? Um, and in the end, um, you need to create teams with end-to-end -end responsibility uh, and provide them with the service uh, and the tool of, of A/B testing. So. If it's really hard to make a change, then oftentimes we go the CRO uh, route and try to hack the website. Like, I think the better approach is trying to solve the things that are blocking uh, in, in general, because that, that improves the whole uh, situation as, as well for other, other releases that you're doing. Now, this, the second question you can ask, how integrated is, is experimentation? How integrated is it into, in the pipeline of bringing something an ID to a customer. Uh, and if it's not, I think that's probably the approach you, uh, you sh should start working on uh, today. And that doesn't mean you have to build your own experimentation platform. You can uh, work with a tool from, from the market and integrate that into your uh, own systems. Now, the third question related to this uh, topic, and that's more personal, right? So if you are a CRO specialist and you really, really love the job that is really generic or across the domains, right? You're, you're doing research, you're maybe proficient in HTML and CSS, so you're building the variation in your A-B testing tool. Uh, you love some statistics, so you, do, you want to do the analysis as well. You love to present results to others. So this is the whole uh, life cycle of an experiment. But I think if you want to become the center of excellence, then you need to let go at least of some parts of this, of this whole life cycle. So doing the hypothesis, doing the creation, building that, I think that's part of the local product teams or marketing teams. Um, and yeah, you need to be comfortable with letting that go. Because otherwise, people will start looking or keep looking at you and your team to run the experiment. And that will be limited to your CRO bubble. All right. So we've been talking about how to move from CRO to embedded experimentation. So this is about tools, processes, but also your own personal development. Do you want to let go of this, right? And this is, I think, an important factor as well. 
Now, the, the, the second thing I want to talk about is about expanding experimentation and becoming more strategic. So not only giving others the tools, but just doing more bold stuff, uh, moving away from landing page optimization, but moving away to other very core processes in your organization that are, that are having an impact on customers and try to run experiments over there. Now, th this sounds maybe a little bit vague, but let me show you uh, some examples. The first main message here is that experimentation is broader than CRO. So I think we need to call it uh, experimentation. I think that's a, a better term here because it's, uh, it also entails CRO, but it, it's much more than that. In the end, experimentation is just applying the uh, scientific method in our business. And, and if you look at the, ex the uh, scientific method, it's about observing something. It's about coming up with a hypothesis, then saying, okay, I think this will happen. So you come up with a prediction and then you run the experiment. And if you apply this scientific mo method uh, on all processes in your company, then you're really running experiments on a um, high velocity scale. Now, of course, this concept is not new. Uh, this has been popularized by this, uh, this book from Eric Ries, the Lean Startup. And it's also part of many big organizations. So it's not only for startups, right? So you build something, you measure something, and then you learn from it. And those learnings you take into the next build again. And if you do it the other way around, you start with, okay, what do we actually want to learn? What do we need to measure to come up with that learning? Then you know what, to ne what you need to build. So you, you can do this multiple ways. Um, I, I think this, this book is uh, already quite some years old now. So the funny thing is that most of the times it's not about building, measure, learn, but it's actually about lots of building, maybe some measuring and a tiny bit of learning, but it's mostly about building, right? So we have this concept of feature factories. We just built a new feature, a new feature, a new feature all the time. And there's no uh, demand for actually wanting to know if it's being adopted by customers or if it's actually being appreciated by customers. So I think this is the harsh reality. Uh, and if you relate, then uh, I've been there as well. So don't worry. Now, if we talk about continuous experimentation, I think there are two phases. I think here in blue are the, the concepts of the discovery phase. So you need to continuously discover, you need to learn, you need to do research, and you need to come up with hypotheses. And those need to flow into the delivery cycle. And that's called continuous delivery, right? So many companies have adopted Agile, but most of the part, this is just uh, DevOps, right? Developers and operations working together, picking what is most important, building that and delivering it to production. And then having a look at the backlog and do it again. And th this is fine, but you need, to be you need to make sure that the backlog is being prioritized based on that research, on that discovery phase. So if you do this continuously, then we're talking about continuous experimentation. So it's not a one-time a one off, not just doing it for one project, one A-B test. No, it's your continuous life cycle of features that need to go through this and, and need to be optimized. I think that that's the big shift in many organizations now that we, um, well, we implement Agile and maybe we get quicker software, but is it actually solving the pain point of a customer? That, that, that's the next phase.
Now, I'm going to give you some examples, um, mostly by, by uh, ING, where we can become more strategic. So one way we can use experimentation is to validate strategic programs. And that's maybe not an A-B test, but it, it is using that scientific method to see what are the assumptions behind uh, those strategic programs. Um, how do we actually know that those are true? Uh, what evidence can we gather? Um, but also, maybe we should just pivot, right? If there's no evidence or uh, there's no evidence being gathered while the program is already running, maybe we should pivot or maybe completely stop this program. So, of course, you want to, ideally, you want to do this before you come up with this big strategic program. But I think this, if you make this part of, of your whole life cycle of all the big projects that you're running in your organization, then you know, sometimes you just say, okay, we thought this was a good idea. We made a bet, but it's not working, so we stop it for now. Uh, and to me, that's also part of experimentation. And maybe that's even the core functionality. So th the question to you, how often do you actually discuss strategy with your senior leaders? Uh, especially if you're focused on landing page testing or maybe some product pages, do you actually understand the, the big push that the company's making? Uh, and do you challenge leaders, senior leaders, about their vision, about their strategic program with experiment results that you have access to? So I think if you bring those two together, you can have this discussion, really interesting discussion, and you can move up the ladder, um, not only career-wise, but move up the ladder with the, the, the impact your A-B testing or experiments can, take, can make. Now, another example here is that sometimes we need to apply maybe more advanced techniques. So again, from ING, there was this feature released where we would enable customers to make it easier to start saving. So uh, it was easy to make a savings goal or change it. Um, and there were lots of other features in the realm of making finance easier, having more control over your uh, finances. But well, of course you can measure the, the usage of that, but is it actually having an impact on that customer? Sometimes those things are just lagging data, right? So they are so far away. Uh, so you need, probably need to come up with other techniques to uh, identify the causal relationship between implementing a feature um, and, and, having the, uh, and measuring the impact. And the other thing is that sometimes you, you don't want to or you can't do an A-B test, right? You just want to um, deliver something to everyone um, and you don't want to have a control group behind, leaving behind uh, the benefits of this feature. So question number five, uh, what are areas in your business that you need to apply more advanced techniques? Uh, maybe you have data scientists running around and they're already doing this, but if you start talking to each other and you see what kind of experiments you are running and, and the things they are working on, I think there are lots of interesting uh, collaborations uh, possible here. Now, this is probably completely different from the things that you're used to, right? If you're focused on online A-B testing, then thinking about experiments that you could do on other processes in your organization is, uh, well, maybe a, a bit far-fetched, but I think it's really important. So at ING, there was this pilot being run, and actually it's a controlled, randomized controlled uh, trial with offering uh, unlimited leave. So people could say, I don't have 20 days of holiday, but uh, in collaboration and um, talking with my, my own team, we can come up with a good 
preparation on how we define the work. And if that's all working fine and you're delivering on the things that you want to do and you need to do, then if you take another day off, that's, well, not, not a problem, right? So th that's the core thing of unlimited leave. But of course you, well, is that possible? Will it work? What is the experience of people? And of course you can do a lot of research and survey, but in the end you get the best data if you just actually try it. So in this case, ING together with the University of Groningen did a study uh, to see what, what is actually working here and what is not. So people who did apply for this were um, arranged in a randomized uh, controlled trial. So some people just uh, did uh, the normal thing uh, and one group got the opportunity to do uh, unlimited leave. And that depended also on the rest of the team. So also people who didn't apply also had to, had to be part of that experiment. Uh, and there was a control group. So this was really a good scientific study where ING could see what is the impact of, of implementing this. And I think the, there's going to be a paper uh, out soon. So uh, I think I can share more data on, about this as well. Now, moving a, a, a bit back to uh, Vista now. Uh, Vista prints a lot of things for uh, small entrepreneurs, small uh, businesses. Uh, so in the factory, there's also a lot of processes. So maybe we can run experiments um, with setting up different machines, using different paper, uh, a lot of things to optimize for. So this is also an area where people can uh, run experiments and an area where we will be improving to enable that as well. So the big question here, question number six, which other parts of the business should experiment? Um, don't focus only on the online part, on the digital part, Think broader, again, maybe by discussing it with senior leaders, call centers, mailing operations, factories, HR, all kinds of uh, big organization parts that are uh, around the digital area, which can benefit from experimentation. In the end, experimentation is just a way, a very good way to optimize the whole business. All right, so we've been talking about expanding experimentation two ways embedding it, enabling more people to do it themselves, and becoming more strategic. Uh, other parts of the organization, uh, but also uh, other techniques maybe. Uh, so that's the more strategic part, part. And I think if you approach it those two ways, that in the end, the culture of experimentation uh, will arise, will, uh, will, will, will almost come uh, by itself, right? If people are doing this, they are being uh, enabled to do this, empowered to do this, then this culture of what is your assumption? Why don't we run an, uh, an experiment here? This almost automatically uh, arises. It, it's not easy, it will take time, probably years of time. Maybe uh, some people need to move the organization or uh, within or uh, outside. Um, but I think in the end, this is the way to go, right? You can't start with implementing a culture. This culture just needs to arise from uh, below. And of course, you need to educate, right? You need to educate people not only about how to run an A-B test, but how do you come up with assumptions around a project? How do you translate those into a hypothesis that you can actually test? And again, this doesn't have to be uh, online always, but it can be much broader than that. And at ING, I think um, well, 1,700 colleagues were trained in this methodology. Uh, so there was a big team uh, pushing for that as well. All right. 
So you've probably been listening and thinking, okay, that is a lot. Is that right? And there's no time, right? Uh, you only have time now for this webinar, maybe uh, an hour max, but this A-B test needs to be uh, developed. Uh, you need to move on. So, all right, where do we actually start? Um, true, right? It, it all costs time. But I think if you move a little bit further, uh, I think the role of a CRO specialist, in, in the case you are a CRO specialist now, this will, in the end, uh, I think, will, uh, will dissolve into multiple roles, right? So we need people that are building and integrating tooling. That, that's the career track that I've been choosing right now, at least. Uh, so I really like to work with developers to understand the problems, understand the friction that is out there, and work with developers to tr come up with solutions and implement those things. But there's also a very important track to train people in methodology, right? So that's training, consulting, office hours, understanding the business question, and coming up with the best experiment approach, and, and teaching people how to fish. Um, in the end, we need leaders who ask, um, or we need leaders that give this mandate, right? So uh, to build this uh, experimentation capability. But we also need senior managers that are asking for experiment results. So if you are on the management track, and this is your career path, become that manager that always asks, okay, what is your hypothesis? What are your assumptions? Why didn't we experiment? So this is a way to go, especially when you know the power of A-B testing. Then I think you are obliged to, to do this as well. And then, of course, we just need a lot of marketers, data analysts, UX designers, but also developers that understand this approach uh, but more importantly, just apply it on a day-to-day -day basis, right? We, we can't just have all people telling how important this is. We need people to actually do it. Use the tools, use the processes to uh, actually run experiments and do it, do it by, uh, by themselves. Final question. What will be the next step in your career? So if this sounds interesting, I think you can uh, pick maybe one of those directions I just told you. Um, and then, of course, it will take a lot of time and a lot of work, but this is uh, an interesting uh, approach you can take. So these are the seven big questions I think you can uh, start off today. Um, and in the end, if you start working on answering and solving, probably, that's also important, solving those questions, you will be heading towards this culture of experimentation. Thank you, Kevin, for these wonderful insights on how to build a culture of continuous experimentation. And thank you, folks, for sticking with us throughout this episode. Now, it's your turn to take action. Implement these game-changing strategies and let us know what impact it had on your business. Also, share this episode with anyone who could benefit from these insights and don't forget to check out the other fascinating conversations that we've had with industry experts. Before you go, make sure to hit that follow button so that you don't miss a single episode of VWO Podcast. That's a wrap from our side. Until next time, goodbye, take care, and always be testing.